Hello. Hello. He's Oliver. She's Lucy. And you're listening to Anyway Movies. The podcast of film fanatics and movie maniacs. The podcast of discussions, debates and occasional distractions as we talk about all things cinema. If you like what you hear, be sure to like our Facebook page and follow us on podcasting platforms. Big shout out to my sister Molly for creating the logo and images for our podcast. Give her a follow on Instagram at underscore Molly underscore Joanne underscore. Now that's all out of the way, dim the lights, turn the projector on. And let's start the episode. Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain. I can't hear you. Aye, aye, Captain. Oh, who's going to talk about cinema scores? Lucy and Oliver. (laughs) Is that how we started? (laughs) I think that was our intro. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Anyway Movies. We apologise for that intro. It wasn't meant to be like that. It wasn't meant to go that way. But you know what? We're rolling with it. It's Friday. It's sunny. I mean, it's sunny while we're recording this. It might be raining right now. But if it is, then I'm praying for you. (laughs) Did you sleep okay last night? (laughs) I slept amazingly. Well, happy spring, everyone. That's a (gasps) thing. I know. Yeah, so on the day we're recording this, it is the 26th of March, 2021. And spring has arrived. It's here. Spring has sprung. It truly has, because it's nice and sunny. The energy is nice. Me and Oliver had a really nice conversation before this episode, and... I'm looking forward to getting into what we're going to be talking about today because I love this subject. <laughs> yeah, so today we're going to be talking about movie scores. Lucy, tell me all about movie scores because I know how much you are dying to. <laughs> so movie scores is the rating of a movie from 1 to 100. <laughs> Sorry, I had to get that joke out of the way. Basically, cinema scores are the music to a film that are composed by masters of music. And they basically create the overall vibe of a scene. So many scenes can change with a tune of a piano or a beat of a drum. Like... Anything in any scene in any movie can change just by what's happening in the music in the background. You notice it in on, on TV as well when in maybe British soaps where they have music on in the background and the song that they're playing links to what the two characters may, may be talking about in the scene. It's kind of in that sense only... The ones that we're talking about today are orchestral scores. So maybe songs that don't have any words. Of course, some have words and I am going to get into a couple of them. But overall, we are going to be talking about orchestral scores with just plain bombastic tunes that I love to vibe to. I would much rather listen to cinema scores than normal music on the charts 
And that's not me being like, oh, I'm not like every girl. <laughs> it, it, it's, just, it's just my preference. <laughs> I'm not like other girls. I'm quirky. <laughs> okay, so how this is going to work is Lucy has picked three movie scores. I have picked three movie scores. We're going to talk about them, our favourite things, things that highlight the movie for us personally. Anything and everything that we want to talk about, about movie scores, we are talking about today. Are you ready, Lucy? I am ready. Do you want to go first? I can if you want, yeah. I mean, you're very enthusiastic about this. You're clearly the expert, I think. (laughs) I I should follow your lead today. (laughs) <laughs> no, I, I love movie scores so much. Like They inspire me a lot, especially when I'm writing, because I like writing books and ideas, and they just come into my head when I'm listening to them. So I listen to quite a lot of film scores. So the ones that have made my list are ones that have stayed with me. And my first one is based on pure nostalgia. Now, the first ever film that I saw in a cinema was 2005's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Say whatever you want about that film. People love it, people hate it. I love this film. To this day, it is the most quoted film in my house. Really? We quote it every day. (laughs) It's just a weird family quirk that you will soon know when you're allowed back at our house, Oliver. (laughs) You will know how many times we quote this bloody film. One of the things that have really stuck with me about this film is the score, um, which was composed by one of my favourite film composers, Danny Elfman. I'm talking about the orchestras here, not the actual songs in the film, though Augustus Gloop is a bop and nobody can fight me on that. I like... Violet Beauregard song. Oh, yeah. I mean, to be fair, all of the songs except for the We Wonka, like, We Wonka, We Wonka, the amazing chocolate dip, hurry! No, stop. <laughs> but the other ones, <laughs> the other ones are really, really good. I'm not going to lie to you. But I'm talking about the orchestra score. So my top three favourite tracks are the main titles, the main titles are so good. Like, there are times where I go on YouTube and search the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory main titles just so I can listen to the music because it's so cool. And then there's one called The Boat Arrives, and it's the scene where the dragon boat arrives. And <laughs> going really, really into the past, I used to do a dance showcase every year. And we always used to theme it. So one year we did a dance based on Alice in Wonderland. We once did a dance based on Harry Potter. The first one we did was based on Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And one of the songs that was used in the dance was The Boat Arrives from this film. And I can still remember the dance in my head. And I just remember doing it on stage and it's so nostalgic to me whenever I hear it. I just always get transported to when I was performing on the stage in front of all of these people and pretending to be an umpa <laughs> It It's just like a nice memory sort of one. And then the last one is very originally titled Finale. 
it's just a lovely ending. It's like a nice final note, pun intended, to this amazing eccentric story. And yeah, I just love the whole vibe of this soundtrack. Whenever I listen to it, my inner child is highlighted and I'm suddenly eight. And my mind basically just runs wild with so many ideas. And it's Danny Elfman that helped inspire that. So that is why it is on my list of one of my favourite scores, because it's just great. It's uh, very inspiring to me and very nostalgic. I could feel the passion. (laughs) Good. It really interested me what you said about um, using movie scores while you're writing, because it helps you. That really intrigued me Mm. I'm pulling a weird face I don't know why (laughs) Oliver you're always pulling a weird face and I've told you this before it's just my face (laughs) my first movie score is arguably from one of my favorite animated movies and potentially one of my favorite Pixar movies maybe my favorite I'm sorry Wally (laughs) Um, it's The Incredibles, score by Michael Giacchino. When doing research for this episode, I was trying to think of what movies to do, and I knew that I wanted to do at least one animated movie, and the first one that came into my head was this one, purely because, first of all, the soundtrack or score is iconic. The main theme that's used multiple times throughout the movie, at the very introduction during the Pixar logo logo. and it's very sort of understated and it's just the the main notes and nothing else and then it's brought back again to build up the atmosphere and it goes straight into the car chase scene with Mr. Incredible at the very start and then it's later used when Mr. Incredible sneaks back into his house and sees Kate lying around and he's humming it because it's like his theme song for his superhero. And it just very much, I feel, sets the tone but also is brilliantly, brilliantly used throughout the film in those ways I've just explained. This was actually the first Pixar film scored by Giacchino. Brad Bird, the director and voice of iconic character Edna Mode, was looking for sounds inspired by the future as seen from the 1960s, which makes sense because the film's set in 1960s, but there's also accents of futuristic themes like the monorail when they're in those ball things on the island and the whole lava waterfall door opening and the robots I just feel that it was just brilliantly done and laid throughout and the themes of the movie and the animation of the movie adds to the score as well as the score adding to the movie because I could listen to this score without the movie and be like oh this is quite nice but then you watch it with the movie and with the scenes and the way it's put in and I'm like now this is the real deal. Yeah, the two 
forms of entertainment kind of highlight each yeah. other. And it's also the score itself is very reminiscent of like 60s spy movies combined with superhero films. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I didn't know about the whole 60s theme, but I kind of see it. And it's also quite jazzy. And you know me, I like a bit of jazz. <laughs> you like jazz? Yeah. and it's also going back to it being used throughout the movie to sort of highlight it and they highlight each other it's done in some scenes alongside and used with the sound design as well Um, for example Mm -hmm. you know the scene when there are when Elastigirl is infiltrating the island and she's hanging onto the ball monorail and she goes through the tunnel Yes. Like, there's music, and then when she starts going through the tunnel, it gets muted. That is just so cool to me. Like, I love sound design by itself anyway, but then using it to not only build the atmosphere for the scene, but then use it in tandem with the score. Brilliant. I mean, what can I say? Love this film. Love this score. Michael Giacchino. Blew my mind. Right, so... My next one is probably a very popular choice, I can imagine. But I'm going to say it anyway. Inception. This film was composed by Hans Zimmer. Okay. Who is an incredible composer. One of my favourites. Another one of my favourites. And Inception came to me very late in life. Uh, I never actually saw the film until about, I think it was a year or two years ago. Uh, Fell in love with it. But the thing that I fell in love with the most was the music. And people often make fun of Christopher Nolan's use of music. How Hans Zimmer sometimes overdoes some of the loud aspects. And I can see that, definitely. Uh, It happens a lot in a few tracks. But there are some tracks that I just love listening to. My three favourites are Dreamers Collapsing, Mombasa, and the very famous Time. Time is one of my favourite movie score pieces of all time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) That just kind of came out of my mind. I didn't even plan that. Anyway... It's a very special piece to me. It's very emotional, but also very hopeful at the same time. I think it blends those two emotions beautifully. And it is also such a gorgeous ending to a very confusing film. (laughs) It kind of relaxes you and makes you think, oh, oh, this is brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's okay. Everyone's fine then. The last note and the last scene kind of makes you question pretty much everything. But with it, I'm not going to go into spoilers. But if you listen to time on its own without watching the film, you can still get the same impact as watching the film. You don't need to see the film in order to have this song mark you emotionally. (laughs) And... Yeah, I I listen to it whenever I just need a burst of inspiration, a burst of hope. Yeah, I I would recommend, after this podcast, listen to Time 
Hans Zimmer. You either have heard of it but didn't know it was that, or it's going to change your life. Or you might be disappointed, but who cares? (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot of um, asterisks on that last statement, isn't it? (laughs) A lot. But yeah, in, the Inception score is just great. There's nothing more to say. There's, there, there is nothing that hasn't been said about the Inception score. So I'm going to leave it there. But yes, one of my favourite scores. I wish I knew what you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you were just nodding your head like, yes, I completely understand what you mean. It's on my list, I promise. One day I'll watch it. One day. I'm just waiting until lockdown's over so then I can watch it alongside you. Yes, there are so many films that I want you to watch, but I want to be there when you watch them. So. Not long now, hopefully. Not long now. Uh, okay. My second score is The Jaws score by John Williams. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, do you approve? I do approve. I very much approve. I mean, what can you say about one of the most recognisable cinematic themes of all time? Well, I actually do have something to say. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Which is why I chose the... Oh my god, never mind. Um, So, the main shark theme that everybody knows, the simple alternating notes to build suspense, very simple, very iconic. I've used that word a lot just in this episode. But do you know the actual story behind that theme? I don't. I don't know the whole story behind the score. Well, so no. basically, the mechanical shark they had for the film wasn't working. And so they couldn't shoot the shots they wanted of the shark in the water tracking down its prey and attacking them the way they wanted to. John Williams suggested about using music to build the suspense and he presented the idea of just the simple two notes and have it slowly pick up speed as the shark gets closer and closer and closer. And reportedly, this isn't confirmed, but reportedly Steven Spielberg thought it was a joke and he didn't think the idea would work. Wow. So, yeah, to think that that, one of the most recognisable themes in cinema, may not have happened if, one, the shark was working, and two, reportedly, Steven Spielberg and stuck with his guns and said he didn't like it. That's terrifying to think of, because that score is what makes the exactly. whole film. It's the one thing that everybody remembers. That and... We're going to need a bigger boat. Yeah. The whole point of that music was that it was supposed to be primal, but fun. So the idea of tracking down a prey, but keeping it exciting and entertaining for movie purposes. Here's the thing. For me personally, I never found Jaws scary. And I think the whole reason I didn't was because that point had been explained to me. Um, well, the first time I was watching the movie, and it it didn't take away right. any of my enjoyment from the movie. But the first time I watched it when I was a kid, I think that's all I was really focusing on, 
at the time with the whole, so the shark wasn't working. So this is what they did. That's quite cool. And I was more focused on that than the actual shark killing people. And Mm. that's always sort of stuck with me. But because I've grown up and I, well, like we've studied different things about performance, music and all that kind of stuff in different forms so we can appreciate it more. So now it doesn't scare me, but it does sort of strike a chord with me in a different way where I genuinely feel the suspense building and I feel that on edgeness because I can appreciate it more. Yeah, I completely understand what you mean. Good, because I feel like I was just talking. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> this will develop into something. But no, I'm glad it makes sense. Another little side note. Uh, music scholar Joseph Cancellaro, I believe, proposed uh, the the theme sort of mimics the shark's heartbeat. I just thought that oh, was gosh. a nice old tidbit to put on there. Jaws is great. I watched it at high school and the actual film didn't scare me, but that theme did. Whenever the turning turning started, I knew that something was about <laughs> to go down. I wasn't I mean, ready. Who hasn't been in a swimming pool, like gone underwater and been like turning? Yes. Everyone has done it. If you haven't done it, you haven't had a childhood. Thank you, Thank John, you John Williams. Williams. Scaring kids all across <laughs> the globe. Right, so moving on to my final pick of today's episode, Cinema Score. This might cause a little bit of beef. Oh. But I am ready. My final cinema score that I will be talking about today is Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. (gasps) Shock horror. Shock horror. So this film was composed by James Newton Howard. And I do want to preface this by saying I am separating the music from the film. Think whatever you want about the film. I know that it got a lot of hate. And I can completely understand that. I wasn't a massive fan. I liked it a lot more than most people, but I did see some error with it. But the thing that I loved the most was the music. The music in this film is absolutely gorgeous. There is no other way to describe it. It's just beautiful. And... I listen to this one if I ever need to venture through an emotional depth. (laughs) Oh, wow. It's just lovely to listen to. It kind of relaxes me. And also, if I'm writing a particular sad scene, it fits so well. It's just so good. So my top three favourite tracks are The Thestral Chase, which is the beginning of the film, where... Grindelwald is escaping from Makusa, I think it is. And that whole scene and that whole score is just so good with the choirs in the background and the drums. It's just great. Then there's one which is titled Queenie Searches for Jacob. And it's when Queenie is alone in Paris and it's raining and 
she can't find Jacob. She's looking for him. Obviously, that's what it says in the title. And it's just this really emotional gut punch that I remember watching for the first time and thinking, oh, darn, they're actually going here. And yeah, it really moved me for some reason. I don't know why. It's just a really nice piece of music. And then my other one is Ones Into The Earth, which is the score used for the final set piece where they're all battling Grindelwald and people are dying for no reason. All that sort of stuff. I absolutely love that as well because it includes bits of the original Fantastic Beasts theme while giving it a darker edge. And I love a repetitive theme that is changed over the course of the movie. For instance, if a certain theme is happy and joyful in the first scene, and then you hear the theme again in the last scene, but this time it's darker, it's slower or whatever. I really like that kind of thing. And it's used during Ones Into the Earth. And I love hearing that little bit of theme. And I also want to give a little shout out to Lita's theme as well, because her theme is so good. I basically love the music more than the film. (laughs) I'm getting that. It angers me that it was used in such a mediocre film, because this sort of music deserved its own film within itself. It deserved a much better film to go with it. Which I think is why, you know, people don't talk about it as much because they just assume that Crimes of Grindelwald is unsavable. It's no good. It's bad, terrible. But actually, the one thing that I did take from it is the music was absolutely incredible. Yeah, I still listen to it. I still listen to it. I think I've listened to the soundtrack more than I've watched the film. (laughs) I'm, I'm like, going to forget what happens in the film at this rate. I'm just going to think, oh, oh, right, that's what the music was used for, right. <laughs> but, yeah, that is my last film. I like that, where even if it's not the best film, like, there's always things you can take away from it, things you can appreciate from it, and things that strike a chord with you personally, even if it isn't globally seen as a good movie. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there have been countless films where I've preferred the music to the actual film. First Man, for example, has a lovely score, but the film bored the crap out of me. (laughs) (laughs) So it it, it just depends. My third and final movie score that I would like to talk about is the first How to Train Your Dragon score by John Powell. How to Train Your Dragon is, the trilogy itself is probably one of my favourite movie trilogies of all time. The fact that it's an animated movie trilogy just makes me even happier because animated movies need more love. Specifically focusing on the first one here for the score. Ugh, I adore it so much. It feels epic. It uses traditional in Scottish influence and uses um, Scottish instruments and some Irish instruments and I just adore it to death you know me, 
I love my history and I love my movie. You do. History, movies, music, all crammed into one. It just gives me life and it just makes me feel genuinely happy. And this movie, the score, did that for me in a way that a lot of other movies, even if I do like the music, haven't done. Like, the appreciation for this is on a whole new level. And because of that, it upsets me that um, it lost the Academy Award to the social network for the score. What? And it lost a BAFTA nomination to the King's Speech. (laughs) So it lost to the social network for score. The social network score is not bad. But it only has three notes throughout the entire thing. Like I said, animated movies need more love. I know. Okay, so this was John Powell's sixth collaboration with DreamWorks. And when interviewed for this movie, he talked about his intent, about wanting it to... How the visuals gave him so much to play with the visuals were so striking and they were on a broader palette to other animated movies he's worked on like compare the color scheme and the animation of how strange dragon to shrek like i love shrek but though there aren't really that many colors used in it are there not really and then you have how to train your dragon where there's the water, the sky, the city, the different scales and the different colours of the dragon. Yeah, yeah. So much more to play with. And the movie itself is a lot more adventurous, which is showed through the score. My personal favourite moment, score-wise, is um, the song called Test Drive, which is the one used when Hiccup is flying with toothless for the first time trying to get his new tail wing to work it's very big because the whole scene is big and what i really like about it is how it sort of slowly builds up into the main theme and it's just the solid theme and it's there and it's big but it's not filled out because it's the very start and then it seems to be going well then they lose balance, they're falling, and it just changes completely. It goes from being quite hopeful and bright to being very scary and loud. And I don't want to say messy, because it's not, but there's just so much instrumentation going on. It's very hectic and jarring, but in a good way. And then when Hiccup finally learns that he can't stop looking at the instructions he's made for himself and he has to fly based on instinct it goes back to the main theme and it's fuller and it's got more instruments it's just very well rounded and it explores the scene beautifully and there are other moments just like that but that is the standout moment for me personally some of my favourite moments from the whole of the trilogy are the flying scenes. And that just highlights why. 
I've never seen How to Train Your Dragon, but I have heard the score because it got recommended to me. I used to just look at YouTube comments and stuff of like different cinema scores and How to Train Your Dragon came up quite a lot. So I was like, I'm going to check this out. And I absolutely love the Irish vibes. Mm. The whole feel of the soundtrack is just magical. So I completely understand why it's on your list. Talking about it now just makes me want to rewatch the trilogy all over again after we're done, and I might just do that. I know, it makes me want to watch the film. I haven't yet, but listening to it made me want to see it, to see how the music coexisted with the visuals. So that will definitely be happening at some point. Awesome. You add it to your list, and then when we can finally watch movies with each other, we'll just binge them all. Right, so I think that this concludes today's episode. I don't think this will come as a shock, but I have very much enjoyed it today. Me too. I was never one to fully focus on the score before, but doing this episode, preparing for it, and then talking about it with you, has got me really intrigued to look at more movie scores because there are hints of um, some that I'm like, oh, I like that. But now I want to dive into a couple of my favourite movies and check it out more. And that's thanks to you, so thank you very much. (laughs) You're very welcome. Well, if if you need any more suggestions, then I have a whole list. I have a whole Spotify playlist of just my favourite movie scores, so... I can just do it there. I mean, I really doubt this will be the only episode we do on cinema scores. There probably will be another one down the line because there are so many. many. I could go on for hours. You really could. People will unfollow our podcast because I could could just go on. (laughs) But yeah, music is just very, very important for film. And it's only right that it gets highlighted on a movie podcast. Of course. This is why we're doing it, folks. Every single part of movie making is so important. So important. This is why we're highlighting it, and we really hope that you enjoyed this episode today. Um, if you're if you're liking what you're hearing, and this is your first episode, then go and watch our other episodes. We have a lot, so you can go back and listen to them. I keep saying watch. Like, I, I keep forgetting that they can't actually see us. Watch with your ears. We do have a Facebook page, so please like us on there to follow on any updates. We are also on all the podcasting platforms that you can think of, including Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public and Anchor. And we also have a YouTube channel, so you can subscribe to that as well. Please also give us a review on iTunes and let us know what you thought about today's episode. And let us know about your favourite movie scores, your standout moments. We're very interested and we would love to hear it. Yes, and I would also love to hear a score that I have not heard Oh, that's a good idea. Suggest. If you have any underground suggestions please let us know because i will be more than happy to broaden my horizons when it comes to film scores because i feel like i've listened to pretty much everyone that would be so cool yes please please do do that me and oliver will see you next week (laughs) goodbye